<laughs> Have you checked your mic just to make sure? Oh my god. <laughs> it's fine. It sounds good to me. <laughs> I did, but I had to check it when you said it. Or it didn't really happen. Uh, whatever. Hi, we're here. Hi, we're here. Happy. Hopefully we sound fine. I think we sound great. And happy Lunar New Year. It's the year of the rabbit. It's starting by the time we recorded this. I hope it's a great rabbit year for everybody. Yes. We all get by on a hair. Just, you know, if you're celebrating Lunar New Year, I hope you, I hope your fireworks effectively scare the monsters away. Is that why I'm hearing fireworks? Yeah, it's Lunar New Year tonight, um, uh. which is, or Chinese New Year, whichever you go by. Uh, Zach's boss is Chinese, and he told us the reason why they set off fireworks is to, like, scare off evil things. Yes. So, may your year of the rabbit be devoid of evil things. Anyway, <laughs> this is Hot your Hopes. It is, indeed. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kristen. And today, we are in West Virginia. <laughs> we're not in Pennsylvania. I think that we said it the last time that we were in Pennsylvania. And we're not. We're in West, West Virginia. But honestly and truly, I'm going to make people mad. What's the difference? A line. <laughs> a few states. That's it. A handful of states. Oh, more than a couple of lines. We're awful at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, we're in West Virginia. We're doing the tra- Trans-Allegheny Asylum. Is that how it's say it? Say it? Allegheny? 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 I don't know. I've been saying it Algany in my head. Algany? <laughs> I haven't been saying it like that, but maybe it's right. I thought it was Allegheny. Or Allegheny. I'm, I'm from Georgia and we're notorious for shortening words <laughs> and not pronouncing the letters correctly. <laughs> How do they say it in Ghost Adventures? I didn't watch Ghost Adventures. I watched this YouTube uh, investigation, however, which I have some evidence from. And I'm sure they've said it a million times in the video that I watch. And I cannot recall how they say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good news is there's another name for it. It's the Weston State Hospital. Oh, okay. Um. Well, that's good. I'm just going to call it the asylum for the Perfect. episode. Perfect. And, and I know that it's technically lunatic asylum, but I hate saying that. We all hate so that word. I prefer not to say that. <laughs> but it's an interesting place, and I think that this will be a good episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pronunciation aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I think we're just, I'm just going to jump right into it. Do it. Tell me about it. Okay. So, according to the asylum's official website, there are about eight resident spirits living, quote unquote, living at the asylum. It was purchased about a decade or so ago by the family of Rebecca Jordan, who manages it. And she says it didn't take long for the asylum's afterlife patients started to visit them she said that once while giving a tour of the facility she felt someone grab her shoulder jordan said he laid his hand on my shoulder and squeezed i was scared to death the group in front of me was asking what happened to you and that was the last year i worked in the haunted house so oh freaked her out enough where she doesn't give tours anymore she lets somebody else handle that (laughs) there are a few different like hot spots throughout the asylum and apparently as you go up in floors it gets more intense i think that we experienced that too with saint ignatius mm-hmm. the you get to the top nunnery floor that's like the most evil place i guess much like heat evil heat. rises <laughs> yeah ghost rise <laughs> um, it's gonna be the new name of our metal band <laughs> ghost rising <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a weird uh, atmospheric folk band. It's true. <laughs> the first place I want to mention is the second floor bathroom. Apparently, this is a very active spot and not for the reason that you think. The tour guide on uh, the video that I mentioned 
uh, that I'll show you some clips of later. She said that this was her favorite room in the whole place because it was very active and the people and the boys there, John and Charlie were very uh, interactive usually mm-hmm. with people. It's also called the stabbing room. And so I don't know why you would be like, oh yeah, this is my favorite room. It's also called the stabbing room. Um, but it's, it's called the stabbing room because of John and Charlie. Apparently one of them was homosexual and one day came on to the other patient who was not homosexual and made sexual advances. And this person got upset and found a butter knife and stabbed the patient with the butter knife. Pretty severely, the story goes that, I don't know which one it was, John or Charlie, but the one that was stabbed apparently was fatally injured, managed to crawl out into the hall, but died before any staff could go to his aid, which I feel feel like you have to have a lot of rage to do that with a, a butter knife. But I also, just as a skeptic, feel like with a hospital as big as this was and with as many patients as they had. You don't think that like two two patients would be alone enough like, for that to happen? I don't think that they would have butter knives sitting out. This is true. It doesn't really get specific of how he got the knife. So, I mean, I know things can happen. People get shanked in jails all the time, but just like off the top of my head, I feel like it wouldn't be super accessible right this is just a story that they said in this video i didn't find it on their official website or anything or in any of the other articles it doesn't really mention them it kind of glosses over so this might be something that they just tell on the tours Mm. it doesn't have like a year or anything like that no no year just john and charlie um they like cigarettes and playing cards as well when like you go if you take cigarettes or a deck of cards they're supposedly more interactive so one of them got stabbed and one of them was a stabber yeah and the and the woman giving them the tour said they don't like to talk about it so they're like friends now i guess i don't know or maybe they just were like hey i guess we're just hanging out in the afterlife together we might as well make the best of it i'm sorry i stabbed you sorry Um, we got stuck in this shitty situation literally the bathroom that's what Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks for know. thanks for clearing that up. You know, sometimes you have to walk people through jokes. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes you have to walk people through their own joke. <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> the next place is the back room, and it's just described as a room toward the back of one of the wings. It doesn't give a specific wing. I think this is on the third floor, though, if I remember the video right. And it is about a patient supposedly named Dean who was murdered by two other patients. And I believe one of the the people responsible for this in the story is named Jim or Jimmy. And in the video, I didn't catch his full name, but in this video on youtube which i will link it's like 50 minutes um it's like a whole episode of amateur ghost adventures they give like a actual mugshot of a person but i don't Mm. know if this is actually the person responsible they were said to have attacked this other patient they attempted to hang him but when that failed they placed his head under a bed frame and jumped on it until the bed frame touched the floor so that is awful yeah it's it's really bad this room is known for cold spots quiet cries um, which is said to be dean and from watching the video apparently jim or jimmy is in there as well and he likes to manipulate flashlights which i will get into later and has been said to melt flashlights, like literally make them unusable in some way. I don't know how, exactly how that happens. They just mentioned it off the fly in the video, but very like awful, awful description of somebody dying. 
Yeah. And from usghostadventures.com, which I got some of this information from, apparently, obviously, this is not the first case of murder by peers that has occurred at the asylum. Apparently, it was not that uncommon because of overcrowding and poor care. But Dean's story has just made a highlight in the worst way. It's really gross. Just awful. Just just awful. Another place that's supposedly a hot spot is the isolation cells. Apparently, asylum staff were empowered to send their patients into isolation if they were deemed uncontrollable. This was apparently up to the discretion of the staff. Like they didn't like have to go through any channels to do that. I'm not sure if that's true. And the isolation was supposedly so terrible that the patients would do anything to get out of it. One story in particular is especially like horrific. (laughs) Uh, Apparently a former boxer who had suffered head injuries during his career had left him violent and emotionless attempted to beat down the metal door that isolated him. He ended up ripping the door off its hinges, leaving visible dents in the steel. When he finally got the door off, he handed it to one of the nurses and calmly returned to his room. But like this man was obviously, you know, from the sound of it, suffering from maybe CTE. Yeah. And hated isolation so much. He was able to rip the door off its hinges. This is where most people get violent energies pushing and scratching them. This is where a lot of physical activity goes on. Disembodied voices also saying, are reported saying, like, get me out of here. It just doesn't seem like a very pleasant place to be. Sad. Very sad. Some of the other hauntings mainly are talk- that are talked about are the creeper and Lily. The creeper. Yes. Lily is apparently a... F- playful and friendly child spirit i you're gonna have to tell me i didn't really look into it apparently back in the days that the asylum was in operation pregnant women who were admitted would give birth at the hospital and then their baby would live there with them oh i don't know if that's true but apparently lily was one of these children and she spent her entire life at the hospital i feel like that is not true. <laughs> I feel like that doesn't make sense to me in my mind. Like, I don't know, somebody's distant extended family would probably get this kid or they would put them into the like the foster care system or something. I don't think it's Do we know like what years she lived there? No. Of course not. Lily, it's just Lily. And I don't even know if that's just the name they gave her or if that's like an actual name. Um she is known for her laughter as well as, as her interest playing games with staff and visitors. She's an active part of the asylum. Like she's referenced a lot. She's on EVPs. People say that they've had interactions with her. So I I don't know. I feel like no story of a haunting is complete without a child these days. But I just have a hard time wrapping my head around of a pregnant patient giving birth and you're just like, okay, I guess this child lives here now. So in one of my sources, it did have uh, ghosts, like ghost stories towards the bottom. I did not read them because I try to keep myself in the dark, but it did bring up Lily and it says, this one says the original legend is she was a patient who was dropped off at the asylum, asylum after her parents died during the civil war. But then it does say an alternative story is that she was born at the hospital after her mo- her mother had committed suicide in the hospital. Mm. And it's believed that she died from pneumonia at the age of nine. So it sounds like nobody knows. Yeah. She's just a little bit of a cute little mystery that brings sunshine to the asylum as a child ghost. And then I, for me personally, with all the like negative energy that this place has has to have maybe she's not a child at all i'm just saying that's a good point um which brings us to the darker entity which is the creeper apparently this is at the top floor obviously gotta have the scariest thing at the top right top or bottom it's never in the middle no 
it's a dark shadow creature. Uh, it moves objects on its own. It kind of slithers around. I have a very interesting video from Paranormal Lockdown that I'm going to show you. Oh. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if I completely buy it. That's why I want you to see it. Jennifer's good <laughs> at kind of like putting things in per- into perspective. So I was like, I don't know about this one, but apparently it's a negative energy. It's feeding off of other negative energies here at the asylum. And there's no really background story of what it can be. It's just like a demon, a creature. Mm. And of course, common things are disembodied voices, cries, bangs on the wall, sound of breaking glass, and footsteps. That's kind of an overview of the activity. Hmm. Now, I did find a blog, a short blog uh, from Marissa Cascino in the Washingtonian in 2018. She did one of the overnight ghost tours. I just want to kind of quickly go over these tours. So she did the 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. ghost hunting tour. There are three different ones. You can either do the main building, the medical, forensic, and geriatrics building, which is like the most popular. And those are $100 for eight hours, which I don't think is that bad. I mean, I wouldn't think so. You have like free reign or are you guided? So after you register, you're divided into groups and guides will assist you in your exploration So basically, they kind of take you into certain places in the hospital, and then they kind of give you a brief overview of, like, the stories, and then the guides kind of just let you do your own thing. And it's kind of, I think that they move you around after, like, a period of time to different parts of the building, so you get, like, the full experience, but you have to bring all your own equipment. I think that's fair. I mean, the tour in Marietta was about that much, right, for an overnight I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's about on par. You can also do private tours, which are about $150 a person and a minimum of 10 people where it's eight hours and it's just you and your group. Oh, in the whole building. I yeah. see. Like the other two <laughs> are like, like, how is that different? <laughs> right. The other two are like public, like anybody you'll get paired with anybody. Right. They have just regular paranormal tours, which are from 10.30 to 12.30 a.m. And that's $40 a person, which I don't think is bad at all. It's just a regular ghost tour, I think. And then the daytime paranormal tours are about $35. And then they have this special little thing that are flashlight tours. They're 30 minutes, half historic and half paranormal tours, which are kind of like up our alley. Yeah. And they only are $11 a person. Let's go. That one is uh, just, I think that would be perfect for us if we went to West Virginia and we needed something to do. But the person of this blog, Marissa, did the 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. $100 public tour. And her experience was she expected to be joined by hardcore paranormal investigators. And she said there were people that had their own camera gear and kind of you could tell that they had more experience. And then she said, there's also a preppy older couple, a mom chaperoning tween girls and a grandma from Indiana named Julia and her skeptical, her skeptical son-in-law. And she mentioned that they became her friends <laughs> for the night. Oh, grandma. Um, you know what? I would love a grandma to be one of one of our ghost tours. Well, I feel like- you know, there was, that like old couple at the tour in St. Augustine that were just like all about it. Yes. And I loved them. Their energy was great. So cute. So cute. After breaking into smaller groups, they spent two hours on each of the asylum's four floors before rotating. Like I said, they tell you a little bit about the better known spirits. She said during her time, they named a man named Jesse who died of a heart attack in the bath in a bathtub at the asylum. And they do mention the Civil War soldiers briefly. And then they do mention Dean, who was brutally, you know, with the bed thing. She mentioned that once they're on the floor and she's given all the information, the guide usually kind of lays, stands back and lets them 
do their own exploring. And she said that it's so vast that it's easy to end up alone despite dozens of other people wandering around. It's also easy to feel lost amid the maze of hallways and patients' rooms covered in peeling paint. She said Grandma Julia and her set up in a room allegedly haunted by a spirit named Jim James. Okay. She does mention his last name. So I believe that Jim James is the one in the video that I watched that was responsible for Dean's murder. She and he likes to play with flashlights. She said that they placed a mag light on the floor and asked Jim to turn it on. The light was Julia's and she ex- but she inspected it and it seemed totally ordinary. She said that nothing came on at first, but after a few moments, it came on by itself. She offered Jim a cigarette and it turned back off and it went dark. And they were understandably freaked out. Yes. Very interesting. They said they tried the flashlight trick again and again in a room where Lily plays and there's another corridor where apparently a violent woman is said to haunt in the lobotomy recovery area but they didn't have any other luck jim was the only one that responded to this flashlight thing and it was only once so she by 4 30 a.m she was ready to go and it's not because she was scared she was just exhausted and she mentioned that she didn't really walk away totally convinced that ghosts exist but she did not have an explanation for jim james turning on the flashlight she had like she had inspected it before she just didn't have any like rationale so it did give her a little bit more of a boost of there could be something yeah i was gonna ask that too like not the flashlight thing but how do people make it through these overnight that has to be exhausting yeah take really really long naps before yeah and then just i don't know i mean yeah you would just be exhausted you would just go home and immediately crash I will say on the website, it mentions that you can bring a cooler of snacks and drinks. You just can't bring alcohol or drugs. <laughs> they mention it on the site that you can't bring drugs. So no taking shrooms before going on a walk. Don't you drop that acid before you pull oh into this parking lot. Gosh, can you imagine? That would be awful. But yeah, I don't think I would be able to do an overnight just because I like sleep too much. Same. I get so grumpy if I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Even if I slept beforehand, I would. I'm always down to sleep again. So yeah, always <laughs> room for another nap. I just lay down on one of the cots, scare the shit out of someone. <laughs> then you look down on the bed frame and you notice that the no, <laughs> don't even finish it. Oh, before I get into the video that I was talking about and the paranormal lockdown, I just Ghost Adventure does have. An episode on this place it's actually the first and pretty much only time ghost adventures did a live episode with a seven hour lockdown uh, i didn't know that yeah they did another one i think recently and i this is from the ghost adventures recap wiki which thank you again to people who are updating this and doing god's work <laughs> just doing recapping. your homework for you yes recapping <laughs> The episodes that I don't want to watch. This... Isn't it wild how like the view has changed? I know. <laughs> I know. Like my view or just like the view of, of the show in general? Both. Oh. Well, my view has always been that I can only take Zach Bagans in small doses. I think that I just <laughs> uh enjoy twenty three is not is not the year for him. No, not for me. Maybe next Lunar New Year, whatever animal that is. He's not a rabbit. Um, But I I don't know. This episode, I do actually remember the live episode for this place. And it's an OG episode with Zach, Nick, and Aaron. And then they have some special guests, Debbie and Mark Castantino, Chris Fleming, and Robert Bess. They're people that have been on the show before. This episode was really con- controversial because of a incident that happened with Robert Bess. He claims that he was pushed, he was p- like thrown into a door and then also like a EMF meter got knocked out of his hand. But the episode was live. So it's hard 
to like hide things without yeah. editing. And that's where a lot of the controversy came from that he was kind of like faking it, basically. He was kind of like Zach Bagansing himself into doors. <laughs> and the EMF. Are we using that as a verb now? Yes. Yes. Um, you've been Bagans. No. Um <laughs> Uh, the EMF detector being thrown was like the biggest thing that people just didn't believe it. And actually later on in a post-mortem episode, uh, Zach and Nick actually debunked the Robert Bess incident of throwing. I think that they got so much backlash from it that they had to be like, oh yeah, we can explain this away Mm. conveniently. Throughout that episode, they do get a lot of EVPs of get out. Why don't you leave? Get up their names along with get out be quiet zach of course feels something running towards him they see a few shadow people Uh, people get hurt aaron gets a pain that is similar to surgery that's like a weird description yeah (laughs) it feels like somebody's operating on my leg right now i think that they you know like obvious like an incision or something Mm -hmm. like something stabbing i could only assume they get a few orbs it's a very run-of-the-mill sort of episode it's not anything special (laughs) there's not big any big aha moment and the big aha moments are later debunked as this guy was just kind of being over dramatic so as one does on that show yes I'm going to show you the paranormal lockdown video first. It's just a quick clip of a supposed uh, creeper. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Ew. So in the video, they're standing in a a dark corridor and the cameraman gets really freaked out because he sees something like slithering in the shadows. And at first I did not see what he was seeing, um, but once they did like an actually closer like replay look i do i do see it it's like a lighter shadow like literally looks like a snake slithering into the oh see i see a person army crawling oh like they're like you can kind of see the one leg up and one leg back Mm. i'm gonna play it again yeah especially the back leg like you can kind of see it sliding interesting i see like i just saw kind of like the form of something like going yeah. back and forth not Ooh. not comforting though Ooh, i don't want that happening behind me but that is supposedly the creeper because they were in the area that it's supposedly hanging out somebody says i see a lot of a lot of people see a person crawling but no matter how i look at it i see the tail of a serpent hmm. yeah a lot of people are saying that they see crawling and slithering it looks like somebody lying on the floor, then crawling army style off to the left. Just very strange. It is strange. Solid footage, though. Yeah. I thought it was a good piece of evidence. Um, the next few clips I have are going to be from a YouTube channel just named Sam and Colby. They have 8.4 million subscribers. Whoa, good job, on Sam YouTube. and Colby. Yeah, and they're very nice. They seem very like relatable and you know, you know, personable. They did a fifty-minute video on exploring this place, and they had a few guests with them, including this girl named Michelle, which I actually subscribed to her YouTube channel because she was doing this as a guest, but she does a whole bunch of different things like she did like rock climbing she's done skydiving she just is all about trying new new and kind of out of the box things to challenge herself and I thought that was really cool so um it's a cool cast of characters this first one is going to be an EVP session in Lily's room I thought it was really interesting the setup is they did an EVP session and then they listen back and they get this voice, and I think I clipped it just enough to not give you give away the other part of this. So I'm going to give you this first, and then I'll see if I clipped it off at the right part point. Do you hear the voice that they they say they like, think is 
very faintly. But you did hear something. Yeah. They're all not talking in something kind of, it sounds like something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the thing that's interesting about that clip is like, okay, it's like an EVP. They say it says Lily, whatever, whatever. And you notice that Michelle at the end of the clip is like, he's like, did you hear that? And he's and she, like, two of them are like, no, like, yeah. we play it. The thing about this is they go to replay it and it's not there anymore, which means it wasn't an EVP. It was something responding and it got caught on the camera, but it wasn't mm. originally recorded on the recorder. Mm. Hmm. There's Did nothing they bring there. Gummies with them. There's a Walsh's. Yeah. Snacks. They were trying to entice Lily. They're in Lily's room. So they're trying to entice her. They have that bear that makes like noises, like does like creepy little, you know, play with me when uh, it's like a motion detected thing, which I hated and I didn't clip because I just hate that. Um, But yeah, I thought that was very interesting because I do hear something when they first play it. And, you know, if you look around, none of their mouths are moving. Mm -hmm. If it was the guy holding the camera, it would have been much louder and then when they play back the EVP and there's like nothing there and they figure out that it got caught on camera, but not, it's not the tape recorder. Well, it's uh, interesting that there was nothing there, but then they also like they had a separate EVP that they caught. Yeah. Because it's not the same voice, but they still got a I'm Lily at the end of yeah. the second one. Yeah. So just, weird. just interesting. It's just very weird. I have two more things from them this one i'm gonna exit out of this video this one i believe is yes um this this second one is a rem pod and um a flashlight in the dean room the the murdered mm-hmm. by jim jim james guy um they were playing this like experiment that it's funny because they do like little games and stuff to keep it interesting and they were doing this like hopscotch experiment where they each kind of like went through the hopscotch with the REM pod and a motion detector thing. And they're like, they they all did it. And then they invited the ghost to do it so they could get a response. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Huh. Flashlight turns on. This is the right clip. I can't yeah. tell you because I can't watch them. It is the right <laughs> clip. The flashlight turns on. Um, so they attribute that to Jim, uh, because they weren't really getting a lot of responses when they were like, oh yeah, Dean, go ahead through. But then once they start talking about Jim, the REM pod goes off and the flashlight goes off. Because Dean probably doesn't want to be in the same room as Jim. I would think so. I mean, I'm just saying I wouldn't want, I mean, both of these, these like murder victims hanging out with their killers in the afterlife. I just don't buy it. Mm Mm-mm. I just and that would be a horrible circumstance I wouldn't want to wish on anybody this last clip is the creeper kind of clip he shows up again so there's some low ceilings mm-hmm. that was a very direct leave too it was like leave yeah. so the thing is is that uh, I didn't clip this but they also did a like deprivation EVP session with Michelle um, where they take the spirit box or whatever and they plug into headphones and she wears them blindfolded and they kind of ask questions and she kind of says out what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more common, I think, more recently in ghost hunting of investigations. A lot of people do this now. I think that they feel like it's more reliable. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that, but she, while they were doing the session, they were trying to talk to the two spirits in there and she just kept saying out loud like leave quiet get out no like a lot of like rejecting sort of statements mm-hmm. and that leave in that creeper sort of video makes me think that and with ghost adventures they got a lot of evps that were very similar it makes me think that they don't want people there well if they're doing tours every night like you gotta think that just has to be like exhausting. draining. Yeah. Yeah. And 
this wasn't a happy place for many people that I've, mm-hmm. I've, I gather. So I don't think that the spirits that are, are hanging out there necessarily want to be there yeah. and just having people in and out and messing with their energies probably makes it a lot worse. That's just my opinion. Well, and you have to think the people that were there, they were admitted there because they weren't, I mean, by society standards or literal standards, like they weren't, uh, mentally stable so i'm sure that there's some sort of confusion there as well right so that's all i have that's neat oh some solid evidence i think so i think in 2023 it's not that i'm like anti zach bagans i think that i just want to bring you guys some alternative evidence that is not curated by him quality evidence not yes. dramatized entertainment. yes and kudos to sam and colby because they did a great job this this video was both entertaining like i said they were very personable but also like they they caught a lot of evidence mm-hmm. and it was very you know interesting it was very nice Um, But yeah, so I'm interested to see if you um, have anything history wise, you know, help explain if even if you don't, I think that this place probably has a very interesting and sad history. So I'll tell you all about it when we get back. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome to Horror Roulette, where you never know what you're going to get. We're your hosts. I'm Em and that's my brother, Nick. Each week we spin the wheel of misfortune to randomly generate an episode topic which makes our lives miserable, but this podcast listenable. We've covered everything from the Toy Box Killer to Jack and Jill. From Ed Wood to Black Widows, we've suffered through it all. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out at HorrorRoulette.com. Listen if you dare. We're back. Here we are. What you got? A good bit. You ready? Yes. This asylum operated from 1864 to 1994. And was also known as the Weston State Hospital from 1913 until it closed. And there were tons of articles talking about how they were changing the name to Weston State Hospital, probably because nobody knew how to pronounce it. (laughs) It wasn't until it reopened for these tours that they went back to the original name. Gotcha. Fun fact... This is claimed to be the nation's largest hand-cut stone masonry buildings. Cool. And is the second largest worldwide. Wow. The first is the Kremlin in Russia. Oh. Yeah, it's like a big fortress thing with the pretty towers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me think Kremlin, the Kremlin. For some reason in my head, Kremlin was like a bad person, which is probably (laughs) Kremlin. But anyway, (laughs) it was originally designed to hold 250 people. But by the 1950s, it ended up holding 2,400 patients. Yikes. Obviously, since it started operating in in 1864, Civil War was kind of involved. Due to the Civil War, the construction was interrupted because they transferred the funds to funding the war when Virginia seceded. Yeah. So the the first patients were admitted in October of 1864. But construction continued into 1881. Mm. The hospital was intended to be self-sufficient with a farm, dairy, waterworks, and a cemetery on the grounds. Sound familiar? Yes. And it ended up spanning a whole 666 acres. Wow. That's a quite a number. They could have bought one more. Yeah. Just or one less. One less. According to Wiki, back then patients were admitted to this to the asylum for a variety of reasons and i actually found a list of those reasons okay somewhere there we go reasons for admission from 1864 to 1889 this is from the washington post intemperance and business trouble kicked in the head by a horse hereditary predisposition okay. ill treatment by husband imaginary female trouble hysteria Immoral life, imprisonment, jealousy, and religion. Those are on one line. Wow. Laziness, marriage of son, masturbation and syphilis, also on one line. Masturbation for 30 years. Wow. 
medicine to prevent conception, menstrual deranged, mental excitement, novel reading, nymphomania, opium habit, overaction of the mind, overstudy of religion, overtaxing mental powers, parents were cousins, <laughs> periodical fits, tobacco and masturbation, also one line, political excitement, politics, religion, religious enthusiasm, fever and loss, loss of lawsuit, fits and desertion of husband, asthma, bad company. There's like three things on this list I'm already in for. Bad habits and political excitement, also one line. Bad whiskey, like you make bad whiskey or you had bad whiskey. Maybe you made the bad whiskey and then drank it and also was not a good idea. Bloody flux, which is that period? I'm guessing. Brain fever, business nerves, carbonic acid gas, congestion of brain, death of sons in war, decoyed into the army, deranged masturbation, desertion by husband, dissolute habits, domestic affliction, domestic trouble, dropsy, I don't know what that is, egotism, epileptic epileptic fits, excessive sexual abuse, excitement as officer, exposure and hereditary, exposure and quackery, exposure and <laughs> army, fever and jealousy, fighting fire, suppressed masturbation, suppression of menses, Oh my God. The war. <laughs> Time of life. Uterine derangement. Venereal excess. <laughs> Vicious vices. Women trouble. Superstition. Shooting of daughter. Smallpox. Snuff eating for two years. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't eat that shit. <laughs> Spinal irritation. Gathering in the head. Greediness. Grief, gunshot wound, hard study, rumor of husband murder, <laughs> Salvation Army, Scarlatina. I don't know what that is either. So, <laughs> this is one line seduction and disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Self abuse, sexual abuse and stimulants, sexual derangement, false confinement. That's contradictory. Feebleness of intellect, fell from horse in war, very specific, female disease, dissipation of nerves. Wow. <laughs> There's so many things that they could call me in this place for. So obviously this led to an overwhelming number of patients being admitted because everybody's falling off of their horse in the wars. And so that caused the, the war asylum. In general. <laughs> no, in general, it wasn't allowed. <laughs> Uh, this caused the asylum to have a shortage of staff and beds. By 1880, the hospital had 717 patients. By 1938, they had 1,661. 1949, they had over 1,800, and it hit its peak of 2,600 in the 50s. Mm. A 1938 report by a survey committee found the hospital housed epileptics, alcoholics, drug addicts, and non-educable mental defectives wording really awful a series of reports by the charleston gazette in 1949 found poor sanitation insufficient furniture lighting and heating in much of the complex and on the other hand on one wing it had been rebuilt and this was following a fire which was started by a patient and this rebuilt wing was very luxurious in comparison the lack of proper care and access to sanitation led to a large number of deaths in the asylum, and there were there's like no official count of how many people died, but historians estimate anywhere between 400 and 500. Mm. But it was open over 100, like 130 years. I mean, that's not bad for how long it was open for, but still. Yeah. Uh, Western State Hospital became the home for the West Virginia Lobotomy Project in the early 1950s. Yikes. This was an effort by the state of West Virginia and Walter Freeman to use lobotomy to reduce the number of patients in asylums because there were severe overcrowding. So I guess instead of restricting the people that they brought in, they just decided that poking a needle through people's frontal lobes would make it better. Yeah. 
uh, you know, maybe instead of thinking that all women with menstrual cycles were crazy, do a better job at OBGYN. <laughs> I don't Yeah. Did don't... you notice like the, the focal point of that list were like things that happen to women? Yes. And even though your husband might cheat on you, you still need to go to the insane asylum. Yes. By the 1980s, the hospital had reduced population due to changes in the treatment of mental illness. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised that they hadn't been shut down. Mm-hmm. However, the patients who could not be controlled were often locked in cages, which kind of corroborates what you were saying. Ultimately, the new facility, the William R. Sharp Jr. Hospital, was built in Weston, and the old Weston State Hospital was closed in May of 1994. 1994 is like, wow. Yeah. That's just a long time. Yeah. And I know that like 1994, it kind of seems far off I guess now, but doesn't seem that far off to me. That doesn't seem no, like I would that say that's ago. like modern day. Yeah. In 1999, all four floors of the interior of the building were damaged by several city and county police officers playing paintball. <laughs> okay. Three of those officers were dismissed over the incident. Wow. <laughs> you know what we should do on the weekend? We should get together and do something fun. Let's go to paintball. There's nobody at the hospital anymore. Let's just use that. It's just crazy. A hospital was auctioned by the West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources on August in 2007. Joe Jordan, an asbestos demolition contractor, was the highest bidder and paid $1.5 million for the 242,000 square foot building. Wow. He began maintenance projects on the grounds. And in October 2007, a festival was held to raise funds for the restoration. Okay. And also guided historic tours and paranormal daytime tours were offered, as well as evening ghost hunts and paranormal tours. Mm. According to this, the main building of the asylum, also known as the Kirkbride, holds several rooms that serve as the museum. And that's located on the first floor. There are paintings, poems, and drawings made by patients in the art therapy programs. And there was a room dedicated to different medical treatments and restraint used in the past and artifacts such as a straitjacket and hydrotherapy tub. It says that the tour guides dress in clothes that resemble 19th century century nurse outfits. Which is kind of gross. No. No. I hate that. The shorter tour offers visitors to see the first floor while the longer historical tour allows visitors to see all four floors apartments and the morgue and the operating room Mm. but aside from that let's talk about something that you probably didn't think would be on the agenda okay mummies okay (laughs) (laughs) i wish y'all could have seen her face Towards the end of the 1800s, farmer Graham Hamrick had come up with a unique embalming technique and requested some bodies from the nearby insane asylum. Is that like Amazon Prime delivery or something? Like, Yes, I would like two bodies. Go over, knock on the door, be like, you got anything for me today? He had spent years practicing his new embalming methods on fruit and vegetables. Until just like humans. I mean, I guess decomposition is kind of just decomposition when it comes down to it. I mean, I may be a, I guess. But hopefully he kept those separate from everything else. <laughs> but it turns out the process worked on both the vegetables and the corpses. Okay. Once it was completed, the mummies ended up traveling with P.T. Barnum in his circus all oh, no. over the world. Oh, my gosh. It even got recognized by the Smithsonian Institute, and allegedly they offered to display his work which his work, ew. Yikes. If he would reveal the formula of his personal embalming potion. And as I was reading this, I just like envisioned plankton and like a top hat with an eyeglass. Like, <laughs> give me your formula. <laughs> yeah. I thought of that old video that's like potion seller. <laughs> what? Your- You've never seen the potion seller video? No. Where is the guy? It's I have to show you. So he's like, potion seller, give me your strongest potions. 
guy and he plays another character it's himself talking to himself and he's like you can't handle my potions well you couldn't handle this one for sure <laughs> right. uh he refused he said no and instead the mummies are returned to philippi which these are called the philippi mummies philippi beats me uh-huh. um where they were kept safe it says that no one can be sure that these were like the mummies, but evidence kind of leads to them thinking that they are. Yeah. How many mummies are just roaming around the United States? Please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Several decades passed before the mummies were found again, but they had been kept safe inside an old barn. Why? Why? <laughs> A local citizen ended up acquiring them, keeping them under their bed. No. For safekeeping. Stop it. (laughs) Turn them in. So Philippi is near a river. And one year that river flooded the entire town, including the space where the mummies were kept. I don't know if that means still under the bed (laughs) or if they were migrated. But regardless, it was decided that the waterlogged mummies needed to be put out in the front lawn of the town's post office so that they could dry out. This town has lost its mind. James Ramsey, an 82-year-old museum curator, explained in 1994, quote, After the flood dropped, they were covered with green fungus and all kind of corruption. A man secured some kind of mixture that would get the green mold off them and also the hairs that cut that were growing on them. No! Lay them to rest. Another flood destroyed part of the museum that the mummies were being kept in. They ended up in the care of the Historical Society, which managed to restore them. The mummies are on display in a small room of the Historical Society with a dehumidifier. The mummies look almost wooden and have no hair. Both mummies are women, and there is a letter accompanying one of them That is supposedly from the woman to her brother while she was staying at the Weston Insane Asylum. I don't, I just don't know how I feel about these two women going through all they've gone through and just being on display. It gets better. Oh, God. So the letter reads, and they have, it's like a copy of the letter Mm -hmm. that they have on display. Dear brother, I take my pen in hand to write to you to inform you I am well at present and hope those few lines find you well find you all well i have quit taking medicine and i feel better when than when i was taken this is very much 1800s uh i have been thinking of coming home for some time but the doctors still says it is better to stay put i think i am as well as i will ever get i suppose my husband is at your house if he is can you give him the letter to read as i have never received any from him since i have been here I will come home as soon as he comes after me, and the Lord willing, I hope that will be soon. Mm-hmm. Give all my love to inquiring friends. No more at present. And then it has her name signed. And then written on the back of the letter was, Mrs. Warner is doing well. Her general health is good. Mentally, she is improving. Respectfully, W.J. Blaney. So like a some... doctor? Kind of just yeah, like a doctor wrote on the back of it. Yeah. yeah. So I have some pictures for you. I'm afraid of them. You should be. Oh, you remember no. Mr. Ramsey talking about how there was like green mold on stuff? No. This is payback for last week's pictures. Why does he look like so happy? I have another He's one that's better. Displaying these people. Ugh. This is so sad. This one's so small. I hate it. I don't like anything about this. Isn't that gross? Why are you laying down with them? It's so gross. It's no, so gross. Like, I'm not talking about the mummies being gross. Like, this is just so bad. This is disrespectful. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. No, thank you. So that was in 1994 when the mummies were airing out after they had been flooded and grown some new hair. It's like, okay, I understand, like, oh, this is interesting. This is a novelty mummies. These were real people. Yeah. Ugh. Not good. So those are the 
Weston Hospital mummies that you can go see if you so wish. I do not wish. Let's talk about your murders. Okay. So this is from the Wharton Wharton Daily Times in 1974. It says a Chester couple, parents of a man killed while a patient in Weston State Hospital has been awarded $12,000 in a claim. Mr. and Mrs. Ronald E. House of Chester claim that their 37-year-old son confined to the hospital as an inebriate was stabbed to death by another patient, Curtis Renforth. Hmm. Um, Renforth was claimed as being suicidal and homicidal. And they said that it was negligence and that Renforth had never, like, should have never been put in that ward. Gotcha. Uh, He was schizophrenic and paranoid and had homicidal tendencies. So that happened in the 70s. They didn't give a name of the son, though. Mm, I guess is respect his privacy? I don't know. Or, like, the parents just didn't want it published. Very sad, but they're it. Is a stabbing, so there's that. Um, and then there is Dean. Mm-hmm. So this there's a blog called Teresa's Haunted History of the Tri-State, mm-hmm. and she quotes a newspaper article, but I could not find the newspaper paper article myself. Okay. But this is from the Charleston Gazette, which I used earlier in another source. And she gives the date, September 29th, 1992. Mm -hmm. I just could not find it on the internet. So maybe she has access to, like, paper copies. But this says, a patient at Weston State Hospital died Sunday night after a fight with another patient who was charged with murder five years ago. This was a second death at the mental hospital within a month. Mm -hmm. George Edward Bodie, 46, received several injuries during a late-night fight and died, apparently as a result of those injuries. There were no weapons involved in the fight. According to the poli- to the police, David Michael Mason, 29, also a patient, tried to choke Bodie with his hands during a fight at about 1130 on the third floor ward. It says in 1987, Mason and another man were charged with first degree murder in the death of Dean Metheny and with the malicious wounding of Raymond Diller at the same time. They were declared incompetent to stand trial in 1988. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so they, they killed him before they were at the asylum or were they in the asylum and they still, they committed this crime and were never charged because of that. This was separate. Okay. So in 1992, they ended up beating up and killing George Bodie. Okay. But in 1987, Mason, David Mason was the main man who they said killed Bodhi in 1987. He and another man were also charged with first degree murder. They killed Dean Metheny and also beat up a Raymond Diller at the same time, but they were declared incompetent to stand trial in 1988. They were put in the state hospital, I'm assuming because they were declared incompetent. Gotcha. And then they murdered George Bodhi. Okay. So in the same article, it says earlier this month, a guard found the badly decomposed body of a, of Brian Scott B., a 21-year-old patient who had disappeared eight days before. Oh, my gosh. Authorities at the time suspected the death was a suicide. Mm. And then it says in September 1987, another patient was killed. And then it kind of talks about what the state's going to do because there's been so many murders. But it doesn't go into detail about, like, how they killed him. But it doesn't sound like he was, like, it happened how they said that it did. Because it said that he died as a result of those injuries. Like, he received several injuries during a late night fight and died, apparently, as a result of those injuries. So it, like, almost sounds like he was beat up and then he died later because he was beat up. Yeah. But you could kind of see where it got the story because they originally tried to choke him during a fight and then he ended up being killed later right but the thing is is that like they say that dean is the victim but it's actually this other band because dean was the guy they they killed 
he killed previously. Mm-hmm. So that's where there's a little bit of a mix-up, too. Right. Dean was killed in 1987 separately. Right. Outside of the hospital. Right. Still interesting, though. Yeah. That's all I got. Oh. And you said, he mentioned before that Lily is a lost cause. We can't confirm or deny that there was ever a child there named Lily. No. No, I couldn't find... Like, I looked on newspapers. I couldn't really find anything with Lily. Like, there's lots of articles about this facility, but there's just, like, I need more specifics than that. Yeah. Which is understandable. And honestly, like I said, I really just find it hard to believe that even if uh, a child was dropped off or a mentally ill pregnant woman gave birth there, like there wouldn't be some sort of CPS. Mm-hmm. Well, in like involvement. the 1800s, maybe not. Maybe not. But like any other time, this place was open for a long time. So any other time... I I just assume that she would be taken out of that situation. Mm-hmm. I could see the orphanage thing going, like if she was an orphan. Yeah. But yeah. What do we think? I mean, I think it could be haunted. Oh, yeah, sure. For sure. Um, I liked all the evidence I, I received. You've kind of corroborated some things. Obviously, this place has had a lot of people. It's been a lot of sadness, a lot of negativity, a lot of death. Totally could be haunted. I wouldn't want to do an overnight there. I'd love to kind of see more evidence, though. Yeah. Like, I feel like the evidence they have, it was good. There are a lot of YouTube videos on this place. There's a lot of people who have investigated. So, obviously, I'm not going to watch all of them. But there is a lot of people Mm -hmm. who have been here and caught things. Um, The only downside for me was the Facebook group. The Facebook page wasn't as good as last time. Oh, bummer. Photos for me to look at. But um, if you have been to the asylum and you have been to West Virginia and you have evidence, please send it Mm -hmm. to us because we would love to see it. But I think it's safe to say that this place is not a hoax as far as something could be going on. Mm, Yeah. Could they brush up on their history a little bit more and tell the right stories yeah yes but you know what yeah do what sells i guess Mm -hmm. could they stop wearing nurse uniforms yes i hope that they're not doing that anymore could they put those poor mummies to rest for sure on the website i will say they do try to like make it seem like they do respectful and they take things seriously and i'm going to say respectfully i don't believe any place that says that who has like a haunted house attraction at at halloween time that dresses up in costumes when they are giving tours and um that are using mummies as part of their attraction that should be laid to rest and laying down and taking pictures with them I just don't... And using the old name just for shock value. Right. I don't believe you when you're saying that. It's just Mm -hmm. hard. It just gives me a less genuine sort of feeling to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) But good job. You too. Thanks. I think this went really well. Even though we didn't know where it was at first. (laughs) We didn't know where it was the whole time. The whole time. Next time we're going to Indiana. And I know that because I Googled (laughs) before. You double checked. I I double checked. I have the states written on every single one except this This one. one. (laughs) Every other one. Like I bet even in February. I was just so confident. For some reason, I had the totally wrong state. But this one is in Indiana. Maybe that's why we didn't do this one. Like, I remember being like, oh, there's nothing on this. Maybe because I was, like, looking up Pennsylvania instead of West Virginia. Um, But, yeah. And next time we're doing something a little bit different. So, I think that will be fun. Mm -hmm. What's your sage moment? My sage moment is... 
I potentially have some new opportunities coming to me in 2023. So I hope fingers crossed that everything goes well. And I do have a new opportunity to maybe share with you guys next stage moment. Y'all send her some good vibes. Yes. Yes, please. I'm trying to manifest a lot of things in my life. And if they could all come together, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) One step at a time. One step at a time. Uh, Jordan Sparks moment over. What is your sage moment? Now that's going to be just played in my head for weeks. Uh, My sage moment is very simple. I ordered ice cream and I got more than I anticipated. Yes. (laughs) Never mad about that. I just, on a whim, I was like, you know what sounds really good? Cake batter ice cream. But you can't order just one, otherwise you pay too much for it on DoorDash. So I ordered two, but instead of two mediums, they gave me two 32-ounce containers of frozen yogurt. The best. You know how long it's going to take me to go through that? It wouldn't take us very long in this household, so. It's going to take me forever. Good. Yogurt for weeks. Just have it for breakfast. Have a little bit of dessert. Oh, that kind of made me nauseous. <laughs> no frozen yogurt for breakfast, I guess. Ugh. An after dinner treat every night. That's it. Yep. I'm very yeah. happy for you. I'm a little bit jealous, but I'm very happy for you. I went outside. I was like, why is this so heavy? How much ice cream did they give me? Because I'm Surprise. expecting like those little mini, like those little regular cups. It's two whole containers. I was like, what the heck is this? Maybe it's halfway full. Maybe they don't have any lids or something. I open it. They're full all the way. They were just really generous. They knew that you were podcasting and wanted to give you a treat. It's great. That's so much. That's it. Well, I hope everybody gets ice cream and new opportunities in the next week. and Or at least new opportunities for ice cream. Yes. Either or or both. and we'll talk to you next week bye Bye. thanks for listening as always we love getting suggestions from you guys be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover locations to visit ghost tours to go on and all that good stuff you can send it to haunted or hoax pod at gmail.com or dm us on social Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.